What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and Dev. On my job like Dave and Dev. Tell no lie like Dave and Dev. Some days I wanna stay in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Dev. And it go like, I don't need a crew. Don't play by he say, she say rules. Don't play, no, we can't do. I'd rather have faith while G-O-D make moves. So please stay cool. All, all I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself. No lie, I need grace too. We lit like EKU. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Good morning, Devin. What's going on, Dave? How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just happy to be on the pod, man. Excited for the another episode and uh, super pumped for our guest today, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm hanging out with my with my team to this weekend and getting some quality time. But uh, I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm, this is a glad a good chance just to get away and get to talk to our guests this weekend. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, as we always do, it's Saturday, June 27th. We're nearing the end of another month in 2020. Um, man, I I think 2020 maybe has felt like the largest roller coaster of all time. And it's, uh, you never know when it might actually end. Um, yeah. And you never know day. if you're going to stop or if you're going to go off a cliff. I, Didn't you, I heard the other day that there's going to be a sandstorm from the Sahara Desert coming. <laughs> I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I like, saw yeah. that. 2020 is wild out here, man. It's, it's wild times. Well, man, sure. before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsor, Ascend Wood. Dave and Dev podcast is sponsored by Ascend Wood. Ascend Wood is sharing the gospel and God's word through their apparel and bracelets. A portion of every item helps fund their ministry partner in Haiti. For more information, you can go to their website at ascendwood.com or you can find them on social media at Ascend Wood. All right, Dev, you want to introduce our guest for today, man? Yeah, yeah. So today, our guest is fellow EKU basketball alum. And uh, I, Harvey, I would say your whole family is pretty much EKU'd out except for your son. We'll yeah. talk about him later. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, most importantly, uh, he's a father, he's a husband, and he's a pastor of a local church in Richmond, Kentucky. So I would like to introduce Harvey Cozart, Pastor Harvey Cozart. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, Harvey, tell people a little bit about yourself. Thank, well, thank you guys. I appreciate you, David, and uh, you, Devin, for having me on your podcast. And um, uh, so, yeah, just a little bit about myself. I'm uh, originally um, from North Carolina. Um, for who whoever loves North Carolina out there, we got some North Carolina fans. Uh, I'm originally from <laughs> there and uh, made my way to Eastern, to uh, Kentucky, uh, university to play basketball and um that is kind of how i landed in richmond kentucky um years ago and um after kind of um having a 
good basketball career. Graduated from Eastern and um, met my 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 lovely wife Melissa, uh, who lives who is from Richmond. Uh, met her uh, in school or after I finished school, and and she uh, started coming to a, a Bible study that I was doing at my apartment at that time. Oh, so you so you got her with the flirt and convert. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just the yeah. old the old oop you do. Okay. Yeah, little little little, little uh, spiritual charm going on. Mm, okay. All right. I see what you did. Yeah. Like reading some psalms and whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So my 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 uh, my uh, came to came to faith uh, after college, you know, and and after that my experience with. Uh, having a relationship with Christ that kind of did really changed my life. And from that point, I started um, a Bible study, doing all those little things I could do. And uh, she she started coming to my Bible study. I found out that she um, was a believer in the faith. And she started coming. People started coming. And we from there, we started dating, started, as the, the old folks would say, we started courting. So that was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we ended up settling down in, in Richmond, and uh, uh, ended up getting married, uh, settling down in Richmond, and and uh, having two kids. I got two wonderful kids, uh, uh, Michaela and Isaiah. Michaela, she's thirteen. Isaiah's now nineteen. Um, kids, they grow so fast. Um, and um, we, you know, gosh, just served uh at eastern my wife she worked there at the university and um i um, eventually got into full-time ministry starting the college ministry and from there went to seminary and did the seminary thing and eventually landed into uh, a church um um, serving there for several years at a local church before stepping away to plan a church me and my wife planted our own church and um, you know, from there, we kind of had this unique experience after planting our church to uh, coincide with another church, partner with another church to eventually where I became the pastor. We uh, combined both of these churches together and have this unique, uh, wonderful, hard, difficult, loving, uh, powerful relationship as a church. And um, so that's what we're we're doing now. All right. So I'm, I'm going to just kick it off with the elephant in the room, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. Harvey, you planted you planted a church in Richmond, Kentucky, okay? Mm-hmm. And it was, and you are a, a very large black man, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and your, your, your family is, is very, they're, they're, they're taller, bigger black people. And your son's <laughs> also a very large black man, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when the church plant that you had was mostly black people, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. And in Richmond, Kentucky, which is south of Lexington, so mm-hmm. in a mostly it, it's about ninety eight percent white. You mm-hmm. had a black. You had you, st- you had a black church plant in Richmond, mm-hmm. and then you combined with the white church. Mm-hmm. Let's just call it for what it is. It was mostly a white church, mm-hmm. mostly. Uh, mostly rural kind of suburban setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How was that? You becoming the pastor of this church. How how was the initial reactions when you first decided to make that move? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh. Yeah. It it it, it was a. I I would have to say it was a spirit led, God led thing. Um. 
we definitely won't expecting it and looking for uh, looking for that. Um, we I was pretty much content with uh, what I was doing uh, with the church we had. It always had been my hope and desire to have a multi-ethnic church, and that was kind of the, 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 what we had purpose with our original plant uh, was just trying to invite all kind of folks and and uh, do this kind of a multi-ethnic thing. Um, but you know, we did have a predominantly black uh, a church, and so. Um, I know that the church originally that um, when they contacted me um, that they um, were having some uh, some things going on and um, as a result of uh, some issues that happened they they didn't no longer have a pastor and was looking for a pastor and asked me to kind of step in to kind of help do some counseling encouraging some some preaching um, and this is because I knew some of the people in the church was good friends with some of the folks that that went there. And so they asked if I could come in and, and be on kind of a rotational thing to kind of help uh, um, be one of the guest speakers or preachers for the church. And uh, so I was able to do that and work that out. And um, and so one particular time I invited our whole congregation to the service uh, because we had a pretty small congregation and uh, was able to come to the service and and um, I was able to preach there. And um, <clears throat> um, the next week, um, sitting and uh, get a call from uh, several of the leaders. They wanted to meet with me and Melissa. And um, as we kind of sat there, uh, they came up with this this crazy idea. This is kind of how they said, you know, we just want to just ask, throw this out to you. We know this sounds crazy, um, but we just want to ask you this, this, this question. Would you consider merging both of the churches and you becoming pastor um, of um, our church. Um, my first reaction to that, I turned to Melissa and I said, they do know I'm black, right? <laughs> that was my first reaction to that. And, uh, and they, they, they said, hey, you know, we're, we're not concerned about color or this or that. It's you know, we, we're, we're trying to hear from the Lord. We feel like, you know, this, you would be a great fit here. And, and, um, in which my re response to that was, was let's pray about it. Let's uh, seek God about it and see if God is in this. Um, I'm, I said, I'm definitely not opposed to this. I, I know this would be a, a challenging step, uh, for, for both of our, um, um, um entities. And, um, but let's see if, God is in this and let's see what could happen. And so uh, we began to meet and pray weekly um, as a leadership. I brought some of my leadership team in, met with their leadership. We began to just talk and pray and dream and see if this is potentially um, from God. And um, so from that point, uh, they invited me to do kind of a, like a, a six week kind of a preaching trial where I was uh, preaching every Sunday for about six weeks and during that time, we were just seeking God and, and seeking the, you know, the response of the people. And um, before long, we pretty much came um, away with the affirmation that, OK, the Lord is in this. This is something that God is, is doing and he's at work. And uh, we talked to the congregation and we all decided as a people, as a leadership, as a congregation, that we wanted to move forth with a, a merger and merge both uh, churches. And so that's what we 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 did. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> can you uh, 
Did anybody did did uh did anybody? Yeah. So that? yeah, we we for sure, man. We had people that was um there were some folks that was already out the door just um um with the other church um because of some of the issues they had already experienced. Um, but what we did, we did a survey when we we in that survey we asked some real hard questions to the uh, congregation, all the people. Um, in terms of what they, um, how do they feel about an African-American pastor? Uh, how would they feel about um, being under my leadership? Um, how uh, do you, you know, one of our questions, do you think that we could uh, merge and become one church? Uh, how do you feel about merging? And, um, and um, um, we put out that survey and we got the survey back. Um, out of that survey, we sent it to um, most of the people in the congregation, as many as we could. Uh, and I think it was 97%, if I'm not uh, mistaken, uh, that was um, a yes, let's go, let's merge. Um, we feel that God is in this. He can do this. We, we want his leadership and stuff like that. But there were some that said, I don't think this is a good fit for, for, for me. So we did see some folks leave, uh, which we were expecting that. We knew that. Um, anytime you make change, change is uncomfortable, change is difficult, um, especially when you're used to something being uh, that's just easy and comfortable for you. When you step out into the unknown, um, people kind of a little fearful of that. And so, um, uh, so yeah, so we did have folks leave, which we were perfectly fine with. We were like, okay, then, well, that's, that. you know, we're on the right track. That means God is going to open the door to bring other people in. So, right. That's 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 kind of that's what he began to do. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, because I don't think you mentioned it, what uh, mm-hmm. what's the name of your church, and like, how did you guys come up with that name? Yeah, yeah, Dave, for sure, man. So we started when we originally, me and my wife, planted. We planted a church that was called Hope City Church. That plant came out of um, a denomination that we're part of called ECC Evangelical Covenant Church. And that is a, a church planning denomination uh, that's uh, really doing some phenomenal work in the U.S. and around the world in terms of planting churches. And so we were able to plant and uh, have a structure set up for planting the church. And um, and so that's kind of uh, where we, we came up with our name, Hope City Covenant Church at that time. Um, the church that uh, we merged with was called Madison Community Church. They had been a church that had been in existence for, gosh, for almost 19 years. And wow. um, they had started, um, a good friend of mine who was the pastor, um, um, had planted that church. And um, um, I remember when I asked me to speak, one of the first things um, I said to him when I came to the church I, I let them know that um, their former pastor that was there, um, I remember when he had a desire to plant a church and he asked me and another friend to pray. Um, and when they um, purchased that building, uh, it was an empty warehouse, uh, just a concrete floor, no chairs, nothing. And I remember uh, laying on the floor, prostrate on the floor before the Lord, uh, praying uh, for people to enter into this building and for this building to become a church for folks to go to and, and love Jesus. And um, we, so I told them, I said, I have uh, a, a connection here. Um, never thought I would be here right now doing what I'm doing. But um, I said, it's just amazing how God kind of 
uh, works orchestrate things like that. And so through um, us coming together, we knew that we didn't want to be identified as Hope City or uh, Madison Community. Um, we wanted to start fresh. We felt like we wanted a new identity. This was a new season for us that this was a new thing. And uh, we were becoming uh, kind of like a, a replant, a new new church, so to speak. And so um, God um, gave us a uh, just a um, uh, kind of a orchestrated a, uh, a setup uh, to for us to become what we are now, a lighthouse church. And um, just uh, just some just kind of uh, interesting stuff, how God kind of worked that out. Um, but uh, we are Lighthouse Church is who we are now. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. I love that you, you tell that story that like, like I prayed for this, you know, we prayed for this church, you know, 20 years ago. And now yeah. here we are. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that's such a cool testament of like God's faith and like how he like operates and yes sir he's sovereign and that he also i think has a sense of humor uh, he's like he's like oh yeah you i'm gonna have you pray for this church and be faithful to your friend yeah to me and then oh yeah in 20 years yeah you're leading this congregation (laughs) it's so crazy so crazy man i I do believe god does have a sense of humor brother (laughs) He, he does man and i think it's uh really cool you know um you know, Harvey used to be my next door neighbor. We lived across the street from each other. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I remember when you were, you know, starting this church and we were having these conversations, uh, you were starting Hope City yes, and uh, you and Melissa. And I, I was just so encouraged by you guys, uh, you know, taking such a, a leap of faith and, um, you know, going into a new space. Right. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm always really encouraged by you, man. And I love that, you know, you also do uh, you have a basketball um thing that you do every summer right yeah uh-huh. yes sir which is, yeah which is awesome and so you know Devin already alluded to the fact that you played at EKU. Yeah, um, that's 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 the brotherhood bro yeah that's the right brotherhood yes yeah, the deep connection there man right? never never Stop. leave that brotherhood yeah, see, <laughs> that's right see and, and you know what we got we got we're gonna talk about your son just a little bit but we're gonna talk about the brotherhood that's <laughs> good <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, I wanted to transition and shift gears actually to talking a little bit about your family. Um, so uh, you have a son and daughter mm-hmm. and an, yes. and an yes. awesome wife. Yes. And Melissa's Amen. Incredible. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about your son. Um, you know, he's a college basketball player, too. How's that yes. feel to be a, a, a father of a, of a college basketball player? Oh man, uh, so proud! Um, I'm, I'm the proud dad around the around the neighborhood and the community. My uh, son uh, plays for Western Kentucky University. Uh, mm. Yes, yeah, mm. so, yeah. That hurts. So, so I know, I know that hurts, Deborah. I, I get. I hear you, brother. <laughs> I feel a little guilty, like I have a little bit to do with him. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And. I, I, this is the first time I'm actually going to put this on the record, <laughs> but I no. helped train your son a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Between his sophomore into junior year and his junior to senior year, we, mm-hmm. we, we trained a little bit in the summertime. Yes. So I got to know your family a little bit more. Yes. And then one thing is you asked me to, to give you guys some advice and help you with recruiting. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the EKU coach, found out that I was good friends with your family. Yeah, yeah. 
hey man, we cannot lose this kid. <laughs> I remember that. And I kind of felt like guilty because I said, okay, I'm a, I'll try to talk to him, see what, see what he's thinking. I know he's got a couple different schools. Yeah. And I remember calling Isaiah mm-hmm. and him saying, hey man, there's no way I'm going to Eastern. I've been here my whole life. My whole family's Eastern. Yeah. Said, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, at that point, you just got to respect it because he's, he's right. Your family is like EKU. Oh, so, yeah. For sure. I, for sure. <laughs> and I, you know what? And, and I want to say, like, I, I'm so proud of him and the stuff that he's doing. And, but it, 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 it is great. But I do feel a little guilty. Like, I was a little uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he went to, I was like, man, you can go anywhere in the country, but you decided to go to Western. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel a little bit guilty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, brother. You had a little bit to do with that. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> yeah, the, the recruit time, that's so hard for kids, man. I, I, I feel for for kids that might not have those kind of conversations, Devin, or don't have the kind of guidance or parents to guide them when it comes to decisions like that because it's so, so much pressure for a kid to make a decision uh, on where they're going to spend the next four years of their life and uh, their education and and it's uh, you know they do it's a lot of hype into the recruiting process as you already know and and uh, but you know at the end of the day it came to what he wanted and what was going to work best for him you know I told him I said you know hey you're the one that's going to be there in the next four years mom and dad are not going to be there so this has got to be a decision that you make um, for your for yourself and so you know mom she was a little crushed because she. She already had in her mind to, to make a uh, weekly or uh, or or daily checkups on the That was not going to work, you know. I mean, so so I, I know we got we got talking. We're gonna talk about Isaiah in just a second. Yes, uh, like your your wife, she someone that wasn't someone in her family the first African American professor. Yeah, so my 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 wife and the family have uh, uh her family has quite a bit of history. Um, at Eastern and at at, um, at Richmond, um, her her dad, uh, the late Jim Way, was the uh, first African American professor at Eastern Kentucky University. Wow! Um, yeah, her uh, mom, um, 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 the late Anna Way, just um, recently not passed, uh, just passed away, not too long ago at the age of ninety one, uh, ninety um, uh, ninety one years old. Um, she uh, was uh, her and. Jim um, were the first uh, African American members of First United Methodist Church that they attended locally and and served for some years. Um, uh, and so, you know, they they broke a lot of racial barriers, um, um, especially during that time. Um, and uh, man, um, her dad was such a great example. A uh, great father, great example of, of uh, a person that um, broke down uh, barriers and stereotypes um, um, to to integrate and and show um, um, just this 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 great legacy that he left behind for us to kind of follow. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, so we're part of part of history. So that's, that's so yeah. You you guys are tied to Richmond forever. Yeah, yeah. We 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 yeah. We we're pretty much. Uh, connected, deeply connected in, in the trenches to Richmond. No doubt about that, man. <laughs> so, so having a having a family that's so faithful, like so faith rooted, and having a, having you as a pastor and your family that's been so committed to to this Christian walk. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about um, 
like you, you, I mean, you and you have a son and a daughter that they both play sports. How do you, and you play sports in your time too. And so how do you balance not making sport an idol mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in that whole walk? Like how, how did you, how do you encourage that with your children? Um, and how did you do that while you were in school? Yeah. Yeah. Great question, Devin. I, I think, man, you know, today when we, uh, raise our children. It's so important to instill in them um, values uh, uh, just about what it means to be a person, what it means to be a person of character, a person of integrity, what it means to um, love God, love community, love family. Um, all of those things got to be a, a priority. And um, I, I would always tell my son that sports is just a means to something else. And mm-hmm. And so I would always say never allow sports to become the very thing that uh, runs your life to where uh, your whole life is um, is uh, uh, just committed to or connected to sports and sports only. Um, you'll um, you run your life and um, um, use uh, sports um, as an avenue to something great. And so um, my, 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 my kids have always taught them that, hey, pursue an education, uh, get a degree. If you're able to get that degree uh, free, whether academically or athletically, uh, that's, that'll be great. Uh, we're going to support you uh, regardless of that, but that use um, um, sports as a means to something uh, greater in, in terms of what you want to do in life. So um, I think that, um, especially for my son, spend this year in, in college, he's, uh, you know, I think he's got a hold of that. I think his his ambition is com- computer science. Or that's his degree that he's pursuing. And he has visions to, you know, do his own computer uh, business. And, and, and um, so he definitely uses sports as a way to uh, pursue uh, something, something greater in life. And so that's what I try to uh, instill in them um, young and uh, for myself. That's what I, I, I saw, you know, for, for sports, uh, for in, in, in any sport, you know, it's easy for athletics to kind of dictate and run a life, especially for an athlete. And we can become so entrenched and involved uh, in wanting to get better and, 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 and doing the things we need to do and as an athlete. Uh, which that's what we need to do. Um, our whole life revolves around it to the point to where we can forget, um, you know, who we are, you know, uh, sometime. And so, um, and then especially when those four years are over and if you just only poured all of your, uh, invested all of everything you had just only into that sport and never into the degree or building a social life, um, you know, once uh, school is over and that's done, you kind of find and trying to figure out who you are and try yeah. to, um, you know, find where you need to go from from this point, especially if you can aspire, go further in, in that career. And so I think uh, for a lot of these young um, uh, kids out there that has great aspirations of sports, I always encourage that, and we, we encourage it through our, our, our mentoring program, but one of the things we try to let people let these kids know is that, hey, you know, that you may not, the, the odds of, of making different careers very, very slim, and um, you know, pursue a career um, in the education field or, or, or whatever uh, that you uh, have uh, aspirations for that's out there. Um, that you have a much higher probability of 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 um, reaching um, um, rather than the sport itself. So 
trying to just educate um, is the biggest thing. For sure. I I really think that, you know, that is so important. I think we have a tendency to do that really in any aspect. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think sports is the most one of the most obvious ones, especially for people in like in our sphere. Yeah. That like we grew up playing sports. We have kids that play sports. Um, and people that are into sports, it's very easy for it to become an idol because the expectation to be on these AAU circuits yeah. and the expectation to be, uh, you know, playing, you know, pickup games, you're, you know, always yeah. to be in the oh, gym, sure. you know, is there like, like I think about, you know, all these kids that come up into college that only played basketball and you see how much their body's like aching because they haven't stopped in years. Like, yeah. They've been playing yeah. for 10 years, like yeah. nonstop. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I think that's really important. But, you know, I do want to, I, I want to shift gears. I want to make sure we have some time for this, uh, Harvey. I, I want yeah. to just kind of pick your brain a little bit about being a pastor, being a community leader, being a father um, in this <clears> current <throat> climate. Um, obviously you've been black your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. Like, like you've been, you've been in Richmond, Kentucky for the last, what, 15 uh, years, 20 yeah, years. Yeah. Almost 20. Yeah. 20. Yeah. A little 20. So, so again, you know, as Devin alluded to earlier, you're in a place where it's, you know, m- like majority, majority, 90 mm-hmm. plus percent white people. Um, you know, how are you uh, navigating processing through this in your different roles mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. lately, especially? Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, it's definitely no, um, uh, you know, uh, it's obvious in terms of what we see when we look around in our nation and uh, just globally in the world. We are just in such a crisis right now. Um, um, when we look at our, our health crisis regarding the pandemic, economic crisis regarding the unemployment, and um, lately the issues of social justice that uh, we see um, among um, the African-American society and uh, population. And, and um, you know, that's been brought to light. And so uh, we're seeing all these things and we see such division uh, in terms of where people stand, division uh, politically, division uh, socially. It's just, uh, just amazing in terms of how divided we are as a people right now. And um, in terms of what that means for me as a pastor, how how to lead in that, you know, I I, I totally try to look to Jesus uh, for that that leadership and that guidance, and um, and try to to lead people uh, scripturally based on how do we respond uh, to all that that's going on uh, based on God's word, you know, based on. Uh, who he uh, says we are and who we are to, to be. And so, you know, I think for for pastors, this is a um, um, an amazing opportunity um, for um, us to lead in our churches and in the community um, as one um, of uh, how Jesus would lead. And in that leadership, uh, we have to be um, aware of showing great compassion um, two people, we have to understand that we're called to bear one another's burdens. We have to c- understand that we're called uh, to be people um, that um, that see uh, justice in our society. Um, um, but we also have to be people uh, that is bold in terms of speaking uh, the good news of the message of Jesus Christ uh, to people and not uh, um, moving away from that. 
that uh, we are as a church um, believers first and that we are witnesses uh, to um, to people in the, around the world. So, you know, right now there's uh, such a disunity and the thing that um, our church is trying to do is be very intentional to promote unity. And um, the best way that we feel that that unity can happen is through um, um, the kingdom of God, through what we see um, in scripture in terms of how we walk in that. And um, I think that that to do that is can sometimes be a difficult challenge um, because of um, we're all uniquely different. But my, my challenge has always been to our congregation and to people out in society. I always ask people, is the gospel of Jesus Christ big enough and powerful enough to keep us together despite all of our differences? Uh, you know, can we live with that type of tension, um, but at the same time be unique in who God has made us and created us to be, but also be unified that we can truly be one? And when we look at scripture, uh, we know that it's evident that uh, this is kind of the reflection of God's kingdom. This is what he desires. When we look at the end of Revelations, you know, and see every tribe and tongue and nation coming together, uh, singing this one wonderful song to the Lamb is a a beautiful picture of what the kingdom's supposed to be about. And so uh, I really try to, you know, have a strong theology but, but behind multi-ethnicity, behind uh, uh, social justice, behind um, being people of compassion and um, valuing people deeply because God values people um, and uh, we are his creation. And so we are to care for uh, his creation and, and, and love people in that sense. So but it's, it's been very challenging. It's not been been easy, you know, I, I, especially for pastors, especially for pastors that may have multi-ethnic churches because there are so many different opinions. There's uh, uh, biases, even prejudice that can come out of people's hearts and thoughts and minds, uh, uh, not even aware of some of the, the things they might say or vocalize and not uh, not be aware of that. And so trying to create um, this idea of um, racial harmony and uh, reconciliation uh, and um, it's, it's, it, it is a, a difficult challenge, but it's one that I'm up for as a pastor and that yeah. uh, equips us to, to be able to do um, as we uh, submit to him and, and follow him, you know. Yeah. So I, I had heard a, a pastor say that reconciliation has already been achieved at the cross, according to Ephesians 2, mm-hmm. 11 through the end of that chapter. Mm-hmm. But our job as Christians is to live that out. Yes. And yes. so we become, we become insane when we don't live that out. Mm-hmm. I think like yeah. you, you pastor in that church that you're in right now is like is you're practically living that out. Like yeah, if we already facts. if reconciliation has already been achieved, yeah, then live it out. Yeah. So I mean, in our flesh, we we first look at that like, what in the world is this black man doing in the country? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but in Christ, I can say that man is living now. He's living out reconciliation to the ministry that he's been called to. Yeah. For so sure. that's, a, that's a praise for you, man. I appreciate I, that. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think that's the, the biggest thing. You know, you call people back 
uh, to the cross that, yes, we have been called to be reconciled as man through the, through the gospel. And, um, and, you know, Jesus destroyed the dividing wall of hostility, as the scripture says. And if that's the case, that um, through him, all of those barriers are, are broken down. And um, we and, and so we are able to uh, walk together through the power of Christ, through the power of the cross and uh, deeply care about one another and enter one another mm-hmm. suffering without um, biases and um, forming our own stereotypes, but, um, you know, um, entering uh, one another's suffering and ca- ca- um, carrying each other's burdens um, or bearing each other's burdens, um, as the scripture says, and being faithful to each other. And um, so it's, it's a, diff- a hard journey, but is we're able to do that, you know, through uh, the message of, of the good news and through Jesus giving us the ability to do it and, and genuinely loving folks, genuinely loving folks, man. Absolutely. Uh, you, you're preaching. You're preaching now, Harvey. <laughs> right. Save it for tomorrow, brother. Yeah, yeah, save it for tomorrow. You're right. <laughs> you, you know, one of the things I appreciate about you is that you are one of the most humble people I've, I've ever met. Appreciate that, it, like, man. I feel myself, like, bragging on you and your family more than I hear your family <laughs> bragging about themselves. <laughs> like, we said it, like, we did mention it here is that your son is the leading blocks uh, he career blocks leader in in the state of Kentucky history for basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and like you, you know, you just mentioned it. Just ah, uh, yeah, my my son, you know, he plays some basketball. Yeah, <laughs> and this dude was a this dude was a hooper. What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's 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 done well for himself. He's uh he's kind of um got got made a name for himself. He was named Gatorade Player of the Year, and uh got got his name hanging on. <laughs> One of the, you, just, you see how, how it's just, it's just yeah. so casual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit proud of him. Yeah, you know, and uh, so, but I always try. To, he he he's a humble guy, man. I, I appreciate his humility is kind of his his driver. He don't let the things, uh, you know, be limelight or just uh, all of those things uh, keep him from his goal. You know. Uh, Sometimes it can be to its own downfall. I'm, I have to remind them. I'm like, remember these things you've accomplished, man. Um, you know, go on out there and continue to accomplish, you know, great things for yourself. So, uh, but you know, he's he's a humble kid, which uh, we're 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 thankful for that, and uh, the same for for our daughter. And, uh, man, we're we're so thankful to the Lord um, for uh, what He's doing and and getting to, to watch and be a part. Of, of seeing God unfold these things in their lives. So it's definitely been a blessing. <laughs> Man, it's so crazy. I remember about Isaiah, like, it was like, you ha- you guys had that basketball goal in the cul-de-sac. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget the summer. So I moved, like, the summer Isaiah would have been, like, 13, 14, like, yeah. going into his freshman year, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he would be outside playing here and there. And, you know, he was he was really starting to, like, grow, but he wasn't, like, fully reaching his, like, full height. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'll never forget the next like kind of winter. Not winter; it would have been like springtime, and he had grown like six inches in yeah. literally like a year. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I remember looking outside, and my dude windmill dunked on the basketball goal, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh snap!" Like this ain't like like <laughs> like yeah. yeah, like this isn't that little awkward uncoordinated yeah, yeah, dude from last summer, like. <laughs> Yeah, the, the like, Isaiah, the Isaiah, the, the, when I first saw him, 
I know he. Uh, if you listen to this, Isaiah, I'm sorry. I got to say this story too. <laughs> I saw him at the EKU camp, and he was he he, he looked like a like a newborn deer. Yeah, that's right. Like, it was just very <laughs> and it was one of those things like, oh man, like, yeah. and the players, were, you know, the players were like, you know, look, look, look at this little kid. Like, he, like, what's wrong with him? Like, why can't he he run? Or yeah. <laughs> the next the next summer, this dude came back. I'm like, that's yeah. the same dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got. He, I mean, when it all came together, it all came together. And looked yeah, really oh man, you guys are so correct, man. So right on, man. I would think many times I look at him like, Lord, you got a plan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like you got a plan here, but man, uh, one of the things that he he uh, the coaches really admire about him and I admire about him is his work ethic. He has an amazing work ethic, man. Um, and you know, um, we've always kind of instilled in our kids: if you want to achieve something, you got to work for it. It's not going to be given to you. Nothing's going to be given, and, and it's going to be it's going to be a, a difficult. You got to work, and so. He's definitely um, has put in the work and continue to put in the work, and they they really admire his work ethic and um, and really um, you know trying to be um, the best at what uh, he the, with the opportunity that he's been given. So he's, well, he's he gets it honest, bro. He gets it honest, man. Like y'all, y'all are two of the most hardest working people and yeah. humble. And you know, I, I I'm grateful to you know have been your neighbor for. What five, oh, yeah. five years, four years, and yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, so, so I've gotten to know you guys. And, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. it's been such a pleasure, Dave. And I'm telling you, man, we have been our lives have been enriched um, by you guys for sure, man. So it's it's been amazing for both of you guys to be a part uh, uh, of this journey and 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 being able to uh, have you guys be an influence in our lives and uh, like my son's life has been 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 great. Man, well, you have enriched our podcast, and we greatly appreciate you, man. Um, yes, sir. I know you got to head out to a Bible study, so thank you so much, Harvey, for being on, man. We yeah, really man. appreciate yes. it. Thank hey. you guys for having me. It has definitely been a pleasure, and it's amazing what you guys are doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it's great uh, to be a part of this, and and man, uh, man, let's let's continue to to reach folks as much as we can. Uh, with the with the good news and, and loving people, man. That's what it's about. And, and you know, I, I I'm always eternal colonel. But there's, there's that one player on, on Western Kentucky. I'm a tear for, but you know, I'm a, I'm a I appreciate that, bro. I hope that we win the game, but I'm hope he have a good game. Okay? Uh, that's right. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. I wish yeah. I played it, brother. <laughs> Yeah, man, I love it. But thanks for coming on the podcast. I love, I love this experience, man. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate you guys. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, until next time. Peace. Yes, thank you, guys. You Peace. guys have a blessed, blessed day. All right, take care.